Hey everybody, welcome back to the Woody Hayes Athletic Center for some Snappy Jays on a Woody Wednesday. And I'm back, baby. He's back. And I can tell you with full confidence after the last two weeks that lime cucumber Gatorade <laughs> is the best <laughs> flavor on the market right now. Uh, I'm glad to be back and I appreciate this guy, Bill Landis and Jeremy Birmingham filling in for me the last couple days as I try to get right in time for the spring game and get right in time for Ryan Day's most eventful spring press conference that I can recall. Took a turn. Took a turn <laughs> that I was not expecting. Uh, I don't even remember what the question was. Like, hey, quarterbacks, how are they doing? He's like, well, here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, Devin Brown has injured his throwing hand, is getting a procedure. Uh, sounds like he's out for like a couple weeks maybe. Ryan Day said he should have a full summer, which is good for Devin. But in the meantime, we will not see him in the spring game on Saturday, which uh, drastically alters what we were expecting to see that day. It sure does. And and I don't know if this was the exact moment. We saw one throw on Friday that kind of came out of Devin Brown's hand and was short. And it looked, I, I don't know this for sure. I'm just saying that there was one play on Friday where it looked like he hit a helmet hmm. and kind of pulled his hand back. Uh, I, I'm just saying that that seems to be the type of injury that we're talking about uh, with uh, a broken bone in the hand, uh, different than what happened with Joe Burrow, although there are Certainly a lot of people making comparisons to that situation. If we use Joe Burrow's timeline, uh, for example, he was out for about six or seven weeks before he came back and got into some games uh, before Dwayne Haskins had passed him, before he was ready to do that. So I think that's probably a, a rough timeline here for Devin Brown, which, as Ryan Day said, would give him a full summer, would give him the opportunity to throw uh, with the wide receivers throughout July and August, or June and July, and then get to get ready for August and be a full competition. Um, but uh, at least on Saturday, you're going to see a lot of Kyle McCord and then Tristan Jebbia. And I think, I don't know how this, I'm curious your take on it, Bill, how this impacts Ryan Day's thinking about naming a starter, because I don't think that he would want to do it where it seems like, well, it was just the injury, you know? I, yeah. But I also thought that it was trending towards Kyle McCord anyway. So does that change the calculus in your mind? Um, I, I think it probably hits a pause button for, for that decision timeline. And to be honest, like I, I didn't expect him to name one after spring anyway. Maybe yeah. he tells the guys like, Hey, we think this guy's ahead. Here's where you have to improve to catch up, that kind of thing. But no official announcement of like, this is our starting quarterback. But if you thought that Kyle McCord was trending as being the guy, and I would agree with that, um, seemed like Ryan Day did not say this, but he had like the, the boxes you would check of like, okay, what's Ryan Day need to see from a guy to be the starting quarterback from Ohio State, which is like make smart decisions, know the offense in and out, lead the, the team down the field to score touchdowns. Like he said, all those things about Kyle McCord. So maybe in the back of his mind, it's turning that way too. And if Kyle goes out and like lights it up on Saturday, we can we tend to make too much of, of the good and the bad that come out of spring games. But but I think that might take on a little bit of a different meaning now in, in a world where you just don't get to see Devin Brown on that stage. So um, I think it's good for Devin that this is not a long-term deal, that he can kind of jump right back into the quarterback competition, I guess, like early June, mid-June, and, and go from there. But, you know, it's not ideal. I think he's he's not going to be there for the last, what, three spring practices, and all those data points are important in a competition like this, and unfortunate for him, he's going to miss them. Yeah, Ryan Day was very careful. He was asked about it in a number of times. Like, what does it mean in a spring game? How much stock do you put in it? What does it mean when you perform in front of 50,000 plus? That's how many tickets have already been sold. I would imagine with the forecast uh, shaping up to be uh, pretty much perfect on Saturday that that ticket count will go up. How much stock do you 
you know, put into that evaluation. So it's a piece of the puzzle, a piece of the puzzle. There have already been 13 practices for Ohio State and 13 practices for Kyle McCord. So, you know, in a situation where they're going to, you know, they can't go with a full game. They, they have to split it up. They, they, they're shorthanded on the defensive line, which is part of the reason uh, that they can't just go with a, a scarlet and gray and, and draft teams the way that they might uh, in otherwise years uh, or on other years. Uh, you know, he said, well, it's going to carry over. Practice 16 is, is in August, right, Bill? Like, That's right. So it, you don't have to put too much into it, but if you had the lead and then you cap it with an impressive performance on Saturday, that's certainly going to stick in people's minds. And there is some value, just not a be-all, end-all value. Yeah, and I wonder maybe how it impacts the psyche of, of Kyle McCord. Does it lessen the pressure to perform well because you know it's like you're not competing back and forth in that stage? Or does it increase the pressure to perform well because, like, hey, I'm going to get I – w- I would assume now that Kyle is going to get – most of what Ryan Day had in mind for Kyle and Devin and not right. just like split it up between him and, and Tristan Jebby. At least that, that's what I would do, but I, you know, I'm not a millionaire. Um, <laughs> so, not like, this is not yet, not yet. Uh, we'll see. What's the Powerball? What's Powerball up to? Um, I could see that going the other way on Kyle McCord, where like it, 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 at the moment it feels a little bigger perhaps than it would have otherwise, um, because it's like now all of a sudden like different, but he's been in that position before, right? He started a game, so I don't, I don't think those kind of things get to him um i think he's going to see like a real opportunity to be like all right like at least for today i'm qb1 and and i'm going to act like it and perform like it and see where that leaves me and you know it just it, it does really like i feel kind of bad for devin brown like the, the timing of this is not ideal it could be worse certainly yeah. but but to, for it to happen right before the spring game is not ideal well he could have missed all of spring and then yeah the conversation would be very different for both uh, he and and kyle mccord but that's not the way it's worked out um and these things are notoriously difficult to evaluate too. Ryan Day got into like how m- much hand wringing there may have been about Justin Fields in his spring game and <laughs> the first one for CJ Stroud and, and the room that there was to clearly grow in that. It's not on the quarterback necessarily in these situations where the offensive line uh, is at a huge disadvantage often because they're lagging behind and terms of development and catching up to the defensive line and also they're really talented edge rushers that are making it hard you have no Emeka Ibuka you have no Julian Fleming you have no Xavier Johnson so like there's going to be chemistry that might be lacking with receivers so like no matter what Kyle McCord does or doesn't do or what Devin Brown could or could have done uh, could or would have done on Saturday doesn't change the fact that it's it wasn't going to tilt the scales back beyond what we'd already seen yeah. in all likelihood and the offensive line piece is not going to change by Saturday. And I don't really, Ryan Day didn't sound like somebody who felt he was desperate to go into the transfer portal. And you and I have made this point before that you don't even necessarily know what's going to be in there, that they're trying to find this balance, balancing act of evaluating. Is the potential there that by the time you get to August, that it's these problems may vanish mm-hmm. or is the concern real? And how much of that is skewed by the fact that they have to try and block JT to Imolo and Jack Sawyer and Kenyatta Jackson and Caden Curry and, you know, Mike Hall Jr. at times? Like, that's a difficult balancing act. And I don't really know where they come down fully on that, but it seemed to lean towards Zen Mahalski and Tiger Shabola still being able to do it. I just think it's hard to answer without knowing what's out there. So, well, we'll see what transpires here. The portal opens on Saturday, which is very weird timing. Um, although <laughs> I, I guess it's good for Ohio State to 
have it open when you have that last uh, spring practice there on, on Saturday afternoon. Um, I don't know. He, he like kind of lumped Josh Fryer in with the other guys, which might have like heightened concern for for fans who heard that. I I wouldn't go that far. I think that was more of like giving Josh a little bit of a kick in the rear end. Like they, I think they all believe that he can play now. Is it left side? Is it right side? I think that might depend on if they go into the portal and who they get if they do. I could, I could see Josh going back to right if they find a guy that they think can really play left tackle. We'll see how that transpires. But I didn't I didn't feel like it was a strong endorsement of what they have at, at right tackle at the moment. But I think you're probably right that the thought process right now is we're going to try to bring these guys along and see where that goes and, and see how this develops. And he brought up the Paris Johnson example. Now the difference, I guess, is like, Paris had started the year before. Paris was the number one tackle in his recruiting class. It's it's a little bit different, but I I understand at least the the thought process of like these guys didn't have to be ready made products by practice fifteen. Like there's an entire summer for them to get better before before camp starts. And I think both those guys, Mohowski and Tiger Chabot, will take advantage of that. Well, yeah. The other part of that is like you you don't know even if you take somebody who has started at another school. Uh, and I think the amount of those people that are going to be in the transfer portal at this late juncture in this second window is probably not going to be large. Mm-hmm. You still have to come to campus. You still have to acclimate into a new team. You still have to learn a new system. There's no no guarantee that that's going to be available or that it's going to work if you take that step. And that's not. I'm not advocating for Ohio State to sit out or go get. I don't know what the right choice is going to be for them. It does depend on what's available to them and then what they evaluate. But even beyond that, there is no certainty that that person would then come and beat out a, a motivated Zen Mahalski or developing Tegra Shibola who have knowledge of the system, have been with working with Mickey Murati, have played in this offense now for a full spring. I, what we've seen in spring has not been good. I'm not mm-hmm. going to sugarcoat that, and we haven't. But that doesn't mean that the portal is going to be an instant perfect solution either. So I don't know I don't know how it's going to transpire, but I will t- Ohio State will evaluate every tackle that goes in there. I can promise you Absolutely, that. Absolutely. Yeah. Will they pursue them all? Not quite as sold on that. Yeah, I, I don't I think there are two questions because I think if they could they like to get a guy like for depth purposes too. That's just like a really hard thing to find in the transfer portal. They've been fortunate to find it a few times at quarterback. Um, I think finding that at other positions is damn near impossible because guys go in there, they want to start. And yeah. if, if you don't promise them that, it's probably hard to get them here. Um, they'll kick the tires. Like they'll, they'll do their due diligence. They'll do what they have to do. Like I wish I could tell people right now, like it's going to be this guy and this guy they're looking at, but I got, there's no one in the portal. Like I don't, I don't know who it's going to be. I know there's like a kid from Texas A&M who, who went in there today. I'm sure people will see that name and get really excited. Like he played center last year, so I don't I don't know if that's a guy they'll even look at when we're having this conversation. Because I don't think they're concerned about center. No. I think they like Carson Hinsman and Vic Cutler and Jacob James is coming back. It's really just tackle and and whether or not there's like projection baked into this. Like, do we see Zen or Tegra over the next three months becoming the kind of guy we need them to be? And I'm sure there have been times out here at practice where they do see that. Have they seen it enough? I don't know. Ryan Day talked about consistency and how it's not where it needs to be. And and I guess that's What's unfortunate about the college schedule is like these guys can come out here and do some stuff, but like there's not like a midsummer OTA period where you can actually get them on the practice field and see what kind of progress they made. They have to kind of trust that they're going to put in the right work, and then come August, they'll be different players when they get on the field. Sometimes I feel kind of silly when we just put all this attention on quarterback battle. I feel like there's two good answers, and mm-hmm. Kyle McCord's probably going to be it. 
and we've seen the offensive line struggle in spring and then be just fine. The next wave of wide receivers, can the second year guys take that leap? How how critical is that? Like, and then I'm like, Ohio State's offense is probably going to be the best in the country. Like, <laughs> we, we've yeah. made it sound kind of doomy and gloomy at times throughout March and April, and I'm not sure that that's really going to be the reality here. I mean, I'm not worried about that. I mean, we have seen in the past, though, what, what it looks like when there's one stress point on the offensive line and how that can throw things off. Ohio State, by and large, has still kind of overcome those those challenges. And I don't even think we're there yet. Like we just we don't know enough about either of these guys who are competing to, to say like that's that's where they're trending toward. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like if you're asking me, do you think Ohio State's offense is gonna be good? My answer is yes. <laughs> uh, as long as the people, the coaches in that building or the coaches here and they bring in quarterbacks or receivers the way they do, I think they're gonna score a lot of points. Okay. But uh, you know, people want want known commodities and they don't have one right now at right tackle. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, was there anything else that caught your attention during that? 35 minutes with Ryan Day on the mic. Uh, just like more strong, encouraging, ringing endorsements for the secondary and, and how that group is, is coming along. And I'm excited to see it out on the field on Saturday, the corners in particular. Um, Ryan Day said that he thinks Denzel Burke is playing his best football, that Jordan Hancock is like the guy that they saw last year who was kind of on an upward trajectory, and that Davis and Igbenosin has really upped the level of competition and, and play for everybody in that room, which is exactly what you wanted when you brought him in here. So um, doesn't guarantee anything for the fall, but it sounds like that they've gotten the results that they were hoping to see this spring, which is good. He did include Sonny Styles in that mix at safety. And I know everybody wants to look for those context clues. He said, Yeah. Lathan Ransom, Josh Proctor, and Sonny Styles. I think that Jim Knowles has been talking about finding a defined role for that. And based on what we've seen, it's not likely to be a starting job for him right now. Yeah. But 15, 20 snaps, personnel, substitution groups, I think that this spring has been as productive as they could hope from him. I think so. And I also think he's just like the kind of athlete that if by the second week of camp in August, just like, you know what? He's got to start. Like, I think that's <laughs> on the table too. I right. just like, we talk a lot about guys like Sonny Styles and CJ Hicks because we get enamored with their physical traits and their recruiting rankings. And, and Sonny is in a different position than CJ. But I think it's important to remind ourselves as we're having those conversations that like, he does not need to be named a starter on April 15th for him to be a starter or a guy who plays a ton in the fall. There's a lot of time for him uh, to, to get better before that happens. Uh, and just quickly on context clues, one other thing that did uh, catch my ear, I suppose, uh, when Ryan Day was talking about the pass rushers in practice going against the tackles, he included Kenyatta Jackson with JT Tuimolo out and Jack Sawyer, Yeah, which I just thought was interesting. It kind of lines up with the camp that we've seen from him. Yeah, He's been incredibly impactful doesn't mean that Caden Curry doesn't have that ability or Amari Abor when he's healthy but of those three the name that has been said by far the most in this building in the last five weeks has been Kenyatta Jacksons I'm a fan I will I would uh, buy the stock this is not a stock watch but (laughs) we're not doing stonks extra extra tip on snappy J snappy J's uh, buy the Kenyatta Jackson stock all right that's a woody Wednesday tip for you Uh, he'll be on display on Saturday uh, spring game for Ohio State in the Horseshoe. It's going to be a lovely day. Come hang out with us and the Buckeyes. Uh, maybe just jump into some Snappy Jays after the spring game with us. More <laughs> of the merry. That's right. The whole crew will be there. We're looking forward to covering that. Uh, more content to come throughout the week. Of course, uh, Podcast Daily. Uh, and we might draft the spring game roster. I don't know. We talked about it. Yeah. It's up in the air. We can maybe do some some bold peas for a spring Ooh, game. Ooh, some bold peas. Yeah. Haven't done those in a while. Time yeah. to bring those back. And then uh, full coverage at OhioState.Rivals.com as well. 
Uh, we'll have some takeaways from Ryan Day and get into a little bit more with that quarterback situation ahead of the spring game. Uh, sorry for my voice still not being fully back and my brain either. It seems to be <laughs> lagging behind, but I'm going to try to get there by Saturday. Uh, thanks for joining us on the podcast. That's Bill. I'm Austin. We'll talk to you later.